This is The Takeaway. I'm John Hockenberry. Thanks for listening. And I'm going to say it. This is a dream show, folks. And we might be forgiven for feeling as though we're all in a dream. I mean, is there action? Is there actual substantive progress, a pathway to immigration reform down in Washington and significant gun control legislation? I dreamed that. I dreamed that Congress found a consensus on both of these issues and were able to move forward to get past all these divided debates. Hmm? I swear I didn't take a handful of some magic pills last night. It is a bit disorienting what is going on on Capitol Hill. It's a little early yet. Are we awake or is it like Inception, a dream within a dream, within a dream, within a dream? All right, enough silly talk. Later this hour, we will have some hard science on dreaming that may show the way toward capturing actual images of our dreams so we don't completely lose them when we wake up. We'll also travel back into the 1980s when the late Maggie Thatcher changed pop music. That's right. She wasn't just a politician. We'll hear what you have to say about that. And you've also been sharing your dream states with us. What do Mike's dreams tell us about him? He's from Barnstable, Massachusetts, that I'm still in Iraq after leaving seven years ago. That's amazing. Or Milford, New Hampshire, that I expect I'll be fired any day and feel pretty apathetic about it and that I long to have unusual romantic encounters. You're making me a little nervous there, Milford. In Ohio, this listener wrote, I'm really obsessed with exploration and adventure, love and relationships, and afraid of feeling powerless or coerced. Or from Connecticut, I'm as crazy as the next guy. That's what my dreams say. Clayton in Georgia's dreams tell us he's sick of taxes, liberals, and Democrats. And that's a good place to begin. Thoughts from a dreamer who has thoughts on Washington. The president went off to Newtown, Connecticut yesterday, and it wasn't a dream at all to try to get some momentum for his new gun legislation. And Newtown, we want you to know that we're here with you. We will not walk away from the promises we've made. We are as determined as ever to do what must be done. In fact, I'm here to ask you to help me show that we can get it done. We're not forgetting. He's talking about legislation that's now before the Senate. Senate passage is iffy, but the Senate is going to take this up. But there's still the House to consider. Yet lawmakers on both sides of the aisle and in both houses apparently want to have it out on this legislation. There may actually be votes in both houses. We welcome Shannon Watts, founder of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. She hails from uh, Indianapolis, uh, Indiana. Shannon, welcome. Thank you. Now, do you feel like you're dreaming? Is something actually happening here? Or are you an advocate still uh, on the stump, really uh, trying to drum up momentum? Well, you know, as an advocate, uh, one day it seems like a nightmare and the next day it seems like a, a good dream. It's really kind of a day-to-day thing, and it's it's very much a roller coaster. Uh, one day we think we're going to come to an agreement and we will actually have a forward progress, and the next day you have 14 senators vowing to filibuster. And so I think none of us really knows what the outcome of this will be at this point. And in a certain sense, you're sort of uh, sharing the spotlight with the other big issue, immigration reform in Washington. It's also on the agenda that may actually have more obvious, tangible voter benefits uh, for lawmakers who get involved in immigration reform. Are you watching that as well? Absolutely. You know, but but our focus right now is how do we get some kind of consensus and forward movement on, on gun control? I think both are important issues. Um, but given what happened in Sandy Hook in December, uh, there has to be action now before this window of interest closes. And a window of interest, do you feel it closing? I, in America, you always feel it closing very quickly. We have short attention spans, and the time to act is now. That said, 
Um, you know, our organization was formed the day after Sandy Hook, and in just four months, we have 90,000 members and 90 chapters across the country. So this issue isn't going away. It's important to mothers, and, and we'll come back again at the midterms. Shannon Watts, founder of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. Hold on there, Shannon. Uh, it's uh, dreamy days for people advocating immigration reform in the United States. So joining us is uh, Gregory Sandana, who's executive director of the Asia-Pacific American Labor Alliance. Gregory, how are you feeling about immigration reform, the tangible steps that Congress seems to be taking on that legislation? You know, um, I'm feeling very positive. I, 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 we're we're um, looking forward to seeing a bill uh, drop as, as early as Friday or even Monday. And we're very hopeful that the key principles and the key things that we were hoping for are going to be included. So, so, uh, Gregory, are you sharing the spotlight with the gun control legislation? Are you watching that uh, issue? Because uh, the president seems to have a higher profile on uh, gun control right now than he does immigration reform. Yes. You know, um, one thing that I, I've been telling people is that, you know, President Obama and, and especially Congress need to figure out how to work on more issues at once. So many of these issues impact a variety of communities. And so there are many immigrants who also who also care about gun control and vice versa. And so it's, it's important for Congress to be able to address those issues at the same time if they need to. So if you were uh, doing some horse trading here, Gregory and Shannon, what would you want uh, in terms of votes from uh, folks who are passionate about immigration reform to help you pass uh, gun control legislation, Shannon? Well, you know, I, I hope it isn't an either-or proposition. Um, you know, what we need to see happen are some, some – we need some people to come together with common sense. It doesn't happen a lot in Congress. Uh, both these issues can get done. And I really don't feel like we need to sacrifice one for the other. Um, again, these are things that Americans want. And so that is the job of Congress, is to carry out the will of the people. And, and right now, what we're seeing, at least on the gun control side, is um, they're more interested in voting with special interests than in, in our best interest. All right. So Gregor, you want to do some horse trading there with Shannon? Sounds like she could need some help. She needs some help. Well, I, like Shannon, we don't think it's an either or. We feel that immigration and this you know, gun violence prevention legislation are both critically important. Um, and especially considering not only the, ma the, the mass shootings that have happened, but the daily shootings that happen in our neighborhoods, as well as the kind of the, the demand that folks brought at the, at, during the last year's election, it's clear that these are two very important priorities and action should be taken on both issues. All right. To Gregory Sandana is executive director of the Asia Pacific American Labor Alliance and Shannon Watts is founder of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. Uh, she's in Indianapolis. Gregory, uh, where are you? And Washington, D.C. All right. With the rest <laughs> of the advocates watching everything that's going on, Shannon and Gregory, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. We turn now to Todd Zwillick, our man in Washington, D.C. The advocates are all ready and excited about what's uh, taking place this week. What are the tangible realities, though, here? Wake us up from the dream, Todd. Well, John, I think the major reality heading into this week is that Gregory has a lot more reason to be optimistic than Shannon does right now at least as it stands right now. It is unclear when the gun control legislation is going to come up in the Senate. Not only is there that filibuster threat from 13 Republicans as of yesterday to block that legislation if it's not given more time to even prevent it from coming to a debate in the first place, but yesterday that effort was joined by a critical Republican, Senator Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader of Kentucky, saying that if that bill hits the floor without an agreement, a bipartisan agreement on background checks, which does not exist right now, he 
will join that filibuster, and that could potentially prevent any bill from ever reaching the Senate floor in the first place, at least not this week. Get us into some of the strategy here, and uh, I, I sort of played a little game with the Gregory and Shannon uh, horse trading their issue. What can you do for me? What can I do for you? Is that how this is going to work since both of these issues are up at the same time on Capitol Hill? Is there a quid pro quo here? How does it break down? Well, there, it, it's really hard to answer that question in a way that's useful because you never, ever really know until long after the fact and sometimes never exactly what kind of horse trading goes on between senators and between chiefs of staff. Are there direct links, if you're asking, between somebody flipping on immigration and getting their way on gun control? You know, probably not. And the reason why is because those are two marquee issues for a lot of members. And regardless of any deals that are made, it probably doesn't make sense on two issues that really in the real world aren't all that connected, really, for any senator or House member to make, you know, I'll vote for one thing, but I'll vote against the other thing if you give me this other thing. Now, that's not to say that deals don't get made within the legislation. And in terms of deal making on guns, John, and whether or not that bill can hit the Senate floor this week. We already know that President Obama's desire for, an, for a renewal of the assault weapons ban, that's dead for now. Um, a limit on high-capacity clips, dead for now. The White House is now focused on universal background checks. Previous talks between Republicans and Democrats have broken down, and now Democrats, Senator Joe Manson of, Manchin of West Virginia, a pro-gun Democrat from a pro-gun state, has reached out to Senator Pat Toomey. He's a conservative. He's from Pennsylvania. He's up in 2016. And this seems to be the last ditch, the last hope effort to get some bipartisan agreement on how to expand the gun background check program. Now, why is Toomey important? cover Republican Republican credibility on an issue that a lot of people want to be able to vote on. But in the House, they're not so interested. If Democrats, if Harry Reid has to bring a bill to the floor that is a Democratic vision that doesn't have any Republican buy-in, then it stands very little chance of getting through the Senate. And then House members, House Republicans looking at this debate say, Republicans didn't get on board over there. We feel we don't like this to begin with. We feel absolutely no pressure to make a deal. On the other hand, if some bipartisan agreement can be reached on a bill that hits the floor, let's say 13, 14, maybe 15 Republican senators wind up voting for it in the end, then the dynamic shifts. Many more Republicans in the House, including the Speaker, may look at that and say, hmm, we need to do something Well, here. L- let, me, let me interrupt you there then. Um, if there is a bipartisan agreement and if the debate has shifted away from a outright weapons bans, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe a, an intelligent shift to focusing on background checks is a more reasonable approach here because the assault weapons ban really, in in terms of the debate in the House and a lot of the stats, is symbolic. Background checks wouldn't be as symbolic. Background checks are not as symbolic depending on how they are structured, and that's part of the nitty-gritty debate that actually goes on between senators and staff right now. What does a background check mean? In what, in which sales do we apply them? And more importantly right now, especially to many Republicans, are the records from a background check kept afterward? This is the major sticking point as it stands right now. Most of the Democrats say if you don't keep those records after a background check, there's no way to trace a gun when a crime is committed. Republicans, of course, say all you're doing is creating a national gun registry, and we don't want that. All right. Two quick things before we go. Number one, on immigration, why haven't we heard the amnesty word yet? Why hasn't the rhetoric degraded into a real strident kind of a divisive 
uh, debate as we've uh, seen in the past. You will hear it in the future. You've heard it a little bit around the fringes of this debate. The main reason you haven't heard it, I'll tell you, Marco Rubio of Florida, conservative Republican in the Gang of Eight, helping to negotiate this bill. He is saying slow it down. He is playing the Republican part. But Rubio, we talked before about Republican credibility on a deal that's difficult on guns. Rubio is that guy for immigration. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he is a darling of the right, and rightfully so, a conservative senator with Tea Party backing in the middle of this debate and a Latino himself a Cuban-American, is really helping to tamp down a lot of that criticism, which will come, I promise you. It will come because no bill can pass the Senate without a pathway to legalization for 11 million people already here, but it's Rubio who's helping to tamp that down right now. All right, finally, under a minute. The budget we're going to see from the president. We're going to be talking later in the hour with some people who are having some tangible effects of the sequester. Any sense that the budget debate is going to be about pulling back the sequester as we go forward? The president's budget calls for $1.8 trillion in debt reduction, 1.2 of that devoted to turning off the sequester. Everybody says they want to do that. If there can be a deal, and and this this document from the president isn't necessarily the deal, it's just a negotiating position, it's not a law. If there is going to be a deal, everybody wants it to do one thing, turn off that darn sequester. But they need a deal first on debt reduction. That darn sequester. Todd Zwillick, (laughs) takeaway Washington correspondent, thanks so much. That darn thing. We'll take a look at Margaret Thatcher, the cultural icon, her effect on pop music and film. That conversation is continuing on Facebook as well. You can head over to Facebook.com to weigh in. Later this hour, we'll be looking at the slew of books, songs, and screenplays. Margaret Thatcher inspired for good or ill. Stay with us. I'm David Remnick, and each week on the New Yorker Radio Hour, my colleagues and I unpack what's happening in a very complicated world. You'll hear from the New Yorker's award-winning reporters and thinkers, Jelani Cobb on race and justice, Jill Lepore on American history, Vincent Cunningham and Gia Tolentino on culture, Bill McKibben on climate change, and many more. To get the context behind events in the news, listen to the New Yorker Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts.